0: This podcast episode is brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network, where you get your healthcare insights from the most inspiring healthcare podcasters. By building a platform to share challenges, network, and thoughts from leaders, the LabOps Leadership Podcast is elevating LabOps professionals as well as the industry as a whole. With the intent of unlocking the power of LabOps, we deliver unique insights to execute the mission at hand, standardize the practice of LabOps, their development, and training. Welcome to the Ops Leadership Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Anderson, and I am one of the co-founders of the Ops Unite group. We have a great guest with us today. And with that, Sam, I'll go ahead and leave it for you to introduce her.
0: Awesome. So thank you, Carrie. Today we're so excited to have Dr. Stacy Blaine with us. She's founder and CSO of Concarlo Therapeutics, and we're really excited for this conversation. Thanks for joining us, Stacy.
2: Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here to talk to you guys about science.
0: And Yay. <laughs> awesome. So first one's an easy one. Um, just tell us about, about yourself and how you got to where you are today in your amazing career.
2: So I am uh, the founder, as you said, of Concarlo Therapeutics. Um, And I say at the core, I am a scientist. I'm a molecular cellular biologist. I have been in the lab for over 35 years. Um, And in my role as a tenured faculty member at one of the state universities of New York, I patented some technology. We thought we had a brand new way to develop both diagnostics and therapeutics. So we started Concarlo now five years ago and have been running that, um, basically, taking it from an academic idea to now a company that has um, assets that will be in our first clinical trial in two years in 2024. So we're manufacturing. So I um, have been a lifetime scientist. I was I can't remember a time when I wasn't a scientist. Even as a kid, I was you know the one that uh, took the dissection kit home in fourth grade and continued dissecting that frog all summer, much to my mother's chagrin. But um, it was the natural evolution of my career, both um, through graduate school and my postdoctoral work. And then in my own lab, uh, it was always about designing drugs. And so um, you could say that this is where I was going all along to uh, be, you know, making drugs and helping uh, change the outcomes for our patients.
0: That's awesome. No, I love that. Um, I just want to give you an opportunity to dive a little bit deeper into what Concarlo is doing and the technologies that you guys are developing.
2: Of course, that's like my favorite thing to talk about. So we are interested in um, changing outcomes for drug-resistant patients. And while the last 40 years have been a tremendous boon for cancer patients with the advent of precision oncology and then immuno-oncology, we still have work to do. Um, Over 600,000 US citizens will die this year from drug-resistant cancers. And so we are really focusing on changing the outcomes for those patients. Um, providing new um, classes of drugs. And we're focused really on a novel target. Um, We're, as far as we know, the only company drugging this target. It's called P27. And it has the unique ability to control the drivers, actually, of all cancers, CDK4, CDK6, and CDK2. And it is sort of this um, master regulator of uh, a cell that helps the cell decide whether it should divide or not divide. And in cancer, the cancer processes these uh, systems are all messed up and the the cell divides all the time so we're really harnessing the way nature uh, regulates this process we're we're using p27 sort of uh, nature's own regulator and we're co-opting it making it helping it do its job more efficiently and hopefully we'll be enabling it to shut off the proliferation of cancer In these drug resistant patients. And as I said, we're, you know, in manufacturing with our lead right now, with the goal of being in our first clinical trial in just two years, 2024. And that's very exciting. And uh, we will be bringing our therapy to uh, metastatic drug resistant breast cancer patients, as well as some ovarian patients, melanoma patients, and some other tumor types. So a lot going on right now at Concarlo and, um, you know, really focused on moving, moving our products forward.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I, in a past life, I did a lot with, um, cancer research and those, those resistant cancers. They're just, they're, there's such need there for the, for those therapies. So that, that's amazing. Um, hats off to you and your team for, for tackling that. Um, next, I just wanted to, to ask you, you know, you're doing this great research, um, Maybe more from an organization standpoint um, and and management, how are you guys, you know, how do you think that you're accelerating drug discovery? Obviously, you have this great target and um, great technology, but from an operational perspective, how do you see your company and your teams accelerating drug discovery?
2: You know, that's a great question. And I think what makes us unique um, is that almost the entire um, management team, as well as all of our team, we're all scientists, right? So we think like scientists. And I think that is uh, different than the way business people think. You know, now I'm more of a business person as well. And I've had to, you know, learn that. But I've been able to drag my science thinking into that world. As a scientist, right, we have a hypothesis, we design an experiment. If we design the experiment the right way, it's going to tell us something, even if our hypothesis was wrong. And then we learn from that um, outcome and design a new hypothesis or new experiments. And I think that is that very sort of data driven methodical thinking is a little bit unique in um. Companies sometimes, but that's the way we function because we are all scientists. We've all spent our careers in the lab, and we understand the challenges that um, occur in the lab and how you know you have to have amazing organization and amazing communication. So I think we bring those uh, skill sets to the leadership of our team. And I think that has also been, you know, we really are the mechanistic experts of this target, P27, and so we're bringing that power to, um, you know, the, developing these drugs. And and I think that there's also probably a little bit of, um, not naivete, that's not the right word, but, you know, the, the fact that we are scientists and so we are not, we're a little bit unflappable, right? You know, as a scientist, you have to... Be prepared for the experiment to not work or to the gel to be ruined, right? And you can't, I always say to my students and to the people who work for me, we can't be so depressed when something doesn't work. But the flip side is we can't be so elated when something does work, right? We have to be sort of steady eddy. And that's the way the scientific process works. And I think that has been um sort of our special sauce at Carlo is that we think like scientists, we act like scientists, and that's and by being a scientist, we will be able to um, really uh, deal with this drug-resistant phenotype in a brand new way.
0: Great. that's I love that. I love scientists,
1: so I love it. <laughs> so with that in mind, what are some common struggles that you've seen in drug development? And other than being data-driven to kind of recognize those challenges and struggles, what have you worked to overcome those challenges?
2: I'd say, um, you know, that's a great question. And I'd say that, you know, our biggest challenge has been, you know, breaking into this new field. You know, we came, we're an academic spin out and we weren't, you know, we're not serial entrepreneurs. This isn't our, you know, 10th uh, company that we've done. Um, we can't just call up, you know, the, the people with the money we have to really prove ourselves. So I'd say our challenge has also been our benefit, right? That we've had to really gain traction by having our science science uh, lead the way, having our um, understanding of the target and understanding of this disease lead the way and open doors for us. And so that's how we have really, again, you know, drawn back on our science, right? Like the science can speak for us. And we've used that to uh, get recognition and and to to get into places that you know were hard to get into. I'd say the big thing that we really um, work on as a team is communication and making sure that everyone is seen and valued, because the way you know my leadership style is. Um, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room in every conversation. I want to surround myself with domain experts and and then uh, bring these people into the organization and then really listen to them and use them. And a, that's more fun for me because I'm constantly learning from these amazing, brilliant people that we have in our team. But it also is, you know, no one can, can know everything. And so, uh, really building that team and then, communicating with that team. That's the most important thing, right? You can't bring these people in there and then just silo them. They have to be, their voices have to be heard and have to be heard by the right people. And, you know, anyone that's worked in the lab understands that we all are really dependent. It's very symbiotic, right? Like if you're all using sort of the same resource pool or the same pieces of equipment and someone doesn't respect that, uh, you know, and uses all the resources or uses the equipment poorly, then it affects the entire organization. So making sure that that we all recognize that we're, you know, one team, one goal, we all have value and we all are, you know, everyone's brilliant who works in our team, I will say, and to recognize that brilliance and let it shine through, um, that's how we, you know, move the needle on our problem.
1: Yeah, that is so true. I mean, having a great team can get you really far.
2: Um, and there's so, team. Oh, <laughs> That's the other thing. Really listening to the team. It's it's not okay just to have the great team. It's actually making yeah. sure they work as as a, a, a one cohesive unit.
1: Yeah, being able to function together. That's really important. Um, so in lab ops, one thing that we've noticed is we've all share a common goal of bringing drugs to the market faster. What's something that you've seen or heard that can make a difference in lab ops? Um, especially because you know lab operations people were often scientists. You know, we got our start usually at the bench. And so we do share that common vision of bringing drugs to the market.
2: I think the biggest thing is sort of what we were just talking about. It's respect. It's recognizing that, you know, uh, we, as a country field, we sort of talk about the team of the person at the top. Oh, it's, you know, this person's company, it's this person's team. It's recognition that it is a team, that nothing happens without lab ops. Nothing happens without the bench scientists, right? Like everything else is really just support for those people that are pipetting and working at the bench and dealing with the animals and putting the drugs in boxes. And, you know, those people frequently are unrecognized and that is a problem. So I think that the big issue that, you know, what we try to do at Concarlo is really, value everyone and recognize that those are the that's the motor that's the engine of the entire company and it doesn't matter where the idea comes from it has to be executed upon and the people that do that are really at the bench the scientists they're doing the heavy duty lifting and i hope that they feel valued and seen and and understand that they are the power behind our company
1: yeah absolutely Uh, So one thing I'm curious, I'm sure you've you've had an incredible career and I'm sure that during that career you've encountered some big lessons that you've learned. What are some big lessons you've learned or what's even something you're learning right now?
2: So I think the big lesson, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons and I've stumbled a lot and I've had a lot of successes. I always say my CV of failure is probably the, the equal to my CV of success, right? And I think that is a big lesson that I've learned is that um, you know, being humble and being just continuing on. This is what we do and it's it's going to have pitfalls and it's going to have um, you know, highs and lows and you know, as long as you are continuing then the work will get done. The challenge that we, you know, that keeps me going is, is, is the patients, is the fact that that number of 600,000 U.S. citizens has been, you know, it's it's climbing slightly and, and it hasn't really diminished, you know, in the breast cancer space, there's 40,000 women that are diagnosed in the metastatic setting annually and about 40,000 die annually. And that is still, that's what keeps me going. And it's uh, using the ability, the the idea that I can use something that comes out of my brain or the brains of my team to actually change the outcome for drug-resistant patients. That's an amazing um, empowerment, right? And so I wake up every day understanding, like, we just need to think really hard and act really efficiently and we can actually make a difference. And that is the biggest thing that I've probably learned in my 35-year career, even at the bench, right? Think really hard. Science is trying to tell you something. We just need to listen and we need to, you know, persevere, be that steady eddy. Don't be discouraged. There's going to be a lot of discouragement along the way. But the answers are there if we can just, you know, see and 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 stay the course. And so that's probably what I've learned. Uh, the longest is that sort of um, calmness, patience. That you know, things we can science our way out of most problems, and um, I think that is particularly where we are in 2020, where we have a lot of problems beyond just cancer in our world. You know, I think science will lead us to the answers in many of these uh, these other problems as well. And so, I'm very, very proud to be a scientist. I uh, am very. Uh, proud and to be a cancer researcher and hope that I am part of the solution for our drug resistant patients.
1: I love that. I, I love that science can get us out of this. That's a great mindset. Um, and it just really shows how much you care about what you do and you know what you're working towards. It speaks a lot to who you are. Um, what's some advice, of course. What's some advice that you can offer our listeners?
2: Um I guess my advice would be you know if you are in science stay in science keep doing what you're doing if you're not in science I would say support science right I mean that's something that we all can do and and we all can uh you know call our congress people and make sure that science education science you know, research uh, finding Cures for Disease is front and center in the, the people that have the money, um, making sure that we are educating our youth, that we continue to have a pipeline of strong scientists entering the workforce um, and supporting charities that um, are working, striving to uh, cure disease, right? So everyone has to do their part. That would be my my main um. A piece of advice. It's, you know, we all sort of, perhaps many people wait until, you know, cancer strikes them personally to feel like they can get involved. And so I guess my advice would be, you know, the stats are that in your life, you know, everyone will know someone with cancer and one in two um, Americans will have cancer. So don't wait, you know, do something about it now. Um, take care of yourself the right way. We all know the things that we're supposed to be doing. So actually do them and then, um, support science because we need support from the entire society to do our job as well.
0: Love it. I I love that call to action. I think that can speak to every single person out there in the world. So, um, everybody has an impact. I love that. Um, but Dr. Abilene, thank you for sharing your story with us. I think, um, I know I am very inspired by you and the work that you're doing. So, um, you know, I want to give people an opportunity to follow you. So where can people find out more about the work that you're doing, um, keep updated on, you know, your company and and the science that your team is doing. <laughs>
2: Of course. And we always love to hear from people. So I'd say the easiest place is probably on LinkedIn and you can follow me, Stacey Blaine on LinkedIn or also Comcarlo. And then please, you know, ask your listeners to check out our website, www.comcarlo.com And uh, there's all kinds of news that we put up there. You can learn about all of our other awesome team members and learn more about, you know, our path to, um, you know, changing the outcomes for drug resistance patients.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Blaine. This has been a great conversation. Um, best of luck with all your endeavors.
2: Thank you so much. Great uh, to meet both of you and uh, uh, good, have a great rest of the day. Great. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the LabOps Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's guests. For show notes, resources, and more information about LabOps Unite, please visit us at labops.community slash podcast. This show is powered by Elemental Machines.